An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound and score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here is Ryan Wallace. seasons where you're setting career highs career highs career highs uh doing that over the course of four five six years in a row i I think it's really difficult yeah no i i I agree and that's why i think i've got the the hot take there and look i'll probably be wrong come like january 5th or something when he's you know just blasting through blasting through everyone because that's what mcdavid does now while darren's not here i have an idea for the rating system okay i didn't get a chance to put my idea in last week because Last week went absolute crap for me towards the end of it. I've got the idea of notable early season Simpsons characters that had a recurring role. They weren't just one-offs, right? So number one would be a Dr. Martin Monroe. It happened. It adds a little bit, but the sooner we all forget that happened, the better. Number two, I've got Bleeding Guns Murphy. Sets up a little bit. It's still... Like, decent character, but, mm-hmm. you know, the less said in some cases, the better. <laughs> Three, I've got Kang and Kronos, because they add every single time they're on the screen. Um, and then for four and five, I've got two of, in my opinion, the greatest characters who ever exist. Troy McClaw at number four, and Lionel Hutz at number five. Rest in peace, Phil Hartman. Uh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Go through these again because yeah, I was answering phones. Hold on. Here's the thing. You're speaking Chris Chapman's language oh, right yeah. now. I am and, a, I am I think, a massive, massive. I think the fan. two of you have to conspire on this one and and come to an agreement, a consensus. We've got some ideas for the rating system, and we're going to establish this before Mallard gets here because last year's rating system, let's be honest, wasn't good. Um, yeah. So no. yeah, go for it. Go ahead and give Chapman those one more time. Okay, so number one is Dr. Marvin Monroe. <laughs> okay. Number two was Bleeding Gums Murphy. Okay. Number three was Kang and Kodos. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Number four was Troy McClure. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such rating systems as this one. Um, <laughs> and number five was Lionel Hutz. So are, are these like deceased Simpsons characters? Well, uh, I've got it as like notable early season characters that had a recurring role but don't really feature too much anymore. And obviously, in the case of the last two, there's an obvious reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm Tro- gonna, Troy McClure was awesome. I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I'm not the biggest Simpsons guy. I just, I'm just not like I used to be not so much anymore. Um, and Paletti, uh, this is good stuff. Thanks for the call. Uh, we appreciate it. And 
We'll give this a lot of consideration. I think that you've got a list that Chapman's going to put all of his weight behind. Um, but, you know, there's something about the early seasons for the Simpsons that, that does resonate for me. Now it's just it's gone on too long. I, I can't do it. I it's, can't do it. It's understandable. Like, I feel like it really peaked at, like, mm-hmm. seasons 8 through 10. I, but, I, don't even, I can't even. I mean, I wouldn't even be able and, to and thank God for Disney Plus because I put it on at night before I go to bed and I can watch, like, two or three episodes. Sure. and laugh yep. before I go to sleep and I always feel that's a good medicine laughter before bed okay so let's run it back for all of those that didn't hear us earlier 702-876-1340 is the number I'm gonna have to see that one more time okay uh, 702-876-1340 we open up the phones every single Monday Paletti kicked us off which is just phenomenal stuff love hearing from Paletti down in Australia um, I want to hear hot takes it's been a minute since we've had some really good hot takes. We're going to have uh, Nick Raboni from UNLV Skating Rebels on the program at 4.30. We're going to get one-timers now or number two. We're going to hear uh, Chris's hot take about Austin Matthews, I think. I, I'm not I, don't, really I don't really feel it's a hot I, take. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is until you tell me, but I, I've got some, some opinions on Austin Matthews being the best overall player. So we'll get to that in hour number two. But right now it's your phone calls, as we do every single Monday here on the VGK Insider Show. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're good. So I don't know if I really have any hot takes, but I do have a burning question. I think that all of us regular callers have been wondering, and that is, did Chapman get new phones when they put in the new studio? That would be a negative. Oh, no. What do we have to do to get you new phones, Chapman? You deserve Wait a minute. That's them. the same phone system? It's the same exact system. We no got way. we got this brand new student. You know what it is? It's like putting a Pinto engine in a Ferrari because this studio is fantastic. It's, it's beautiful, brand new. But I'll be honest. I haven't had any issues with the phones. Well, the problem is they, they creep up when we most don't need them to creep up. Mm-hmm. So it's the Murphy's Law of phones. But, yeah, Stephanie, I hate to, hate to ruin it for you, but no new phones. Well, at least, at least you guys got the new studio, right? Yeah, yeah. little, little steps, that. right? We still have, unfortunately, we still have the Radio Shack phone. But other than that, I, I'd say everything else is, is, is A+. Plus. Well, that, that's good. Um, other than me not knowing how to turn the station on the air. <laughs> well, that's something we'll have to work through. Three shows, three woo? shows last we week. The woo. Three shows we last week. Woo. You missed the woo? All right. Chapman, they missed everything. Yeah. I know. So For the first 10 minutes of the show, they missed everything. So full disclosure. Yeah, let's do it. Brand new board. Uh-huh. First time I'm running this show yep. on the board. Yep. Somebody was in the studio previous to us recording something, and they didn't put the settings back to the way they were supposed to be. Hmm. So I had no idea we weren't on the air. Well, I, I, I showed you on Twitter. Well, no, no, that's how I found out. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't have known. There was no indication yeah. in here that we were silent. Well, I, I ran through what we were uh, what we did in the first 10 minutes, uh, uh, kind of a, a rundown of the show. But, uh, Stephanie, have you enjoyed the summer? I, I have loved it. I have been absolutely insufferable, and it's been amazing. Just any any chance that I get to say the Knights are Stanley Cup champions, I am absolutely going to say it, and I'm quite sure I have annoyed the ever-living <laughs> stuff out of some of my friends, but you know what? 
the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions, and I get to say that for the rest of my life, and I love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So you don't have a hot take. I'm going to throw one more at you, then we'll let you go. What's your expectation for Vegas going into the season? I think that they're going to work hard. I think that we have a lot of the same core group coming back, and I think that we're going to be a strong contender in the playoffs and definitely push for a back-to-back. It's, it's all there. I think that it, it sucks losing Riley Smith, but I think we have enough talent, enough hardworking players on our team that they're going to be able to step up and fill in that gap that he left, and we're going to be a very scary team for other people. All right, great stuff as always, Stephanie. Thanks for the call. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I think expectations are really interesting coming off of a championship year because you have a shortened off season. That's not necessarily new to this Golden Knights organization. They've had short off seasons before. They've found ways to to come back from that and put in really solid seasons. But to me, it's not so much about the regular season for this Golden Knights hockey club. It's about doing what you need to do to get to the postseason and then putting yourself in the best position to win again. You're the best position to go on a deep run again. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that kind of works itself out over the next three to four weeks going into training camp. And then obviously once the season starts and progresses, how this team kind of acclimates to life without Riley Smith and what they're able to do in terms of filling some of the spots that are there now going into training camp. 702-876-1340 is the number. It's the VGK Insider Show. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Hi, guys. Oh, I'm good. I have my hot takes. Okay. I wrote them down. Okay, awesome. You come prepared. Okay, first of all, much to the chagrin of all the national analysts who say it's Edmontinger, yes, we're going to repeat. <laughs> um, all my little Twitter friends, no condescending that sweet reader, but they can't. I don't want to hear it. Uh, and that leads me to... This is more of a question. Mm-hmm. At what point is Dry Side going to get pissy with us again? Is it going to be he's already there the Why are first you so game, pissy, or when we knock him out Why of the so playoffs? So, I think there's probably going to be a period of time where we get pissy Leon Dry and more because I just think that that's kind of how he plays the game. Like, there's an edge to him. And I kind of admire that about him. Don't don't you know? Don't get mad at me, Rita. I, I do admire that that disgust with losing that you see out of Leon Dreisaitl. But, I mean, I would imagine that if things get tough for Edmonton or if it's kind of a similar story as to what we've seen where this team is is able to score and they're able to do really good things when, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid are on the ice. But then when they come off the ice, the depth's not there. They can't keep the puck out of their own net. They go, they start, you know, losing games. I, I expect that that's going to be there at some point because you've got two proud guys that want to win a championship. That's what it boils down to. They, they want to do the thing that you're supposed to do that means you're the best at what you did, and that's win a Stanley Cup. And they, they weren't able to do it. They haven't been able to do it. Um, I would expect that if things don't go well for Edmonton or it's harder this time around just in terms of regular season success, I would expect that Leon Dreisaitl is not going to be happy about it. Well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think either one of them is going to be happy, but to be honest, I I don't think Edmonton knows how to build a team around them. It's not just them. Yeah. And then some third stringers, you know? I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're just going to kick their butt again, so. Yep. And my third take is Jack's going to make 100 or more points this year. 
That's a good one. I like that. See, yeah. I, I'm not there. And I'm not there because I don't think you need Jack Eichel to hit 100 points. I don't think you need Jack to kind of push in terms of the offensive numbers. I think you need a lot of what we saw out of Jack in the playoffs, and that was a great 200-foot game, phenomenal defense. I think that that's more the avenue that I'm, that I'm expecting from Jack. But listen, with his individual skill and his ability, I don't know that out, you know 100 points is outside the realm of comprehension. I just I'm looking at him as more of a – two-way defensive first type of player that, that that's going to be able to use his legs and his skill to put the puck in the back of the net. Okay, picture this. Mm-hmm. We also, we win the cup again, we repeat, and Jack gets over 100 points and gets a con Smythe. Mm-hmm. I want to see McDavid's face in private, not the public face, the one where he's just so pissed off. This is this is great stuff, Rita. We missed you last week. What happened? I was listening. Um, I don't know. I was just listening. I didn't really. But by the way, if you're going to do the cereal, I want to know where the hell my Apple Jacks are. Apple Jacks? I think there's room for it. I don't know where we're going to put it. We haven't solidified the list yet, but I'll make a, I'll make a note to get your Apple Jacks into the fold. Thanks, Rita, so much for the call. We we appreciate it. 702-876-1340 is the number here on the VGK Insider Show. Let's roll into the next call. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. And a happy Stanley Cup to all of you. The um, I guess a hot take on September 11th is a little difficult. But let me give you this one. Uh, I believe the Buffalo Sabres will be in the Final Four and play for the Prince of Wales Cup. Wow. Buffalo Sabres into the playoffs, and not just into the playoffs, but to the conference final. That's a bold one. That's a bold one. Good job. Well, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me come January, but right now I do, mm-hmm. I do believe that they are poised to be not just better, mm-hmm. but surprise a lot of people. So here's the thing, Mike. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You and I are on the same wavelength. Ooh. I'm going to give you a hot take later on in the show. It's going to come in the one-timer segment. But I have a hot take surrounding the Buffalo Sabres that should entice you based on where your hot take is going into the year. Oh, I look forward to 530. All right, good stuff. So do you have any questions for us going in? Well, uh, yeah, uh, we've got an opening. Uh, and somebody's got to fill it. Mm-hmm. Paul Cotter, yep. Pavel Dorfeyev, maybe some unknown. Mm-hmm. Who fills it? Well, I think early money right now is on Paul Cotter, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about it. And then that's if you accept that it's Michael Amadio, William Carlson, and somebody on the left side for your third line. If, if that's kind of the construction, if you're keeping Barbashev alongside of Eichel and Marcia, so if you're keeping Brett Howden up to play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone – you know you're not touching your fourth line. Nick Waugh, fourth line center, he's, he's not a fourth line center, but on this team he is, and that's why they're so, so stinking good. Um, I, I think the fact of the matter is you've got a spot there alongside Carlson, and if you're putting Amadio there, then I, I think that based on what Cotter did last year, his willingness to shoot the puck, his, his physical presence, I think he's the guy you go with at least out of camp, assuming, again, he has a good camp and he earns that place. Because I just think Paul Cotter, what he brings to the table, his ability to score, I think that's going to be the, the more important aspect of putting him in the lineup over maybe a Pavel Dorofiev, who had a, a really good stretch, but it wasn't a prolonged stretch like we saw from Paul Cotter. 
Okay. I look forward to the band getting together again when uh, Mallard comes back. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have him back next week. Thanks, Mike, for the call. Always appreciate your insights. Um, I love your hot take on the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get to that a little bit later. My hot take surrounding the Buffalo Sabres as well. But let's go back out to the phone lines and bring in Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how you doing? Hi, team. It's uh, Terry. Oh, Terry. Goodness gracious. That's fine. what are you doing? Glad losing, losing my ears all day long, all day long, Chapman. We we were we're twenty two minutes into the show. Hey, it's we we it's it's the uh, training camp for us too. No, it's the training camp for you, buddy. I'm four shows deep. I'm ready to go. I'm joining the party late. All right, Terry, what's up? All right, glad to have you guys back. I can hardly wait uh, till October uh, when that puck drops again and we have some uh, real live hockey back. It's been kind of a nice break, but. It's time to uh, wrap up the stories about where the Stanley Cup went and who mm-hmm. did what with it and get them back out there on the ice and get them playing. That would be fantastic. Just a couple uh, wishes for the year. Uh, one, just hope that uh, Logan Thompson's as healthy as ever, and uh, I'm sure they'll be able to figure out who's going to play what games and goal, like uh, what whatever the balance works itself out to be should be pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – Second, if I had a wish from what was a fantastic season, just just find a little flexibility in that lineup night to night. And uh, the, the lineup was pretty set and locked in for most of the second half of that uh, last year. And maybe take a healthy scratch once in a while. If Alec Martinez didn't have to play every single game, get a young player playing once in a while. If uh, Braden McNabb didn't have to play every single game, maybe let a young player play once in a while. And I think that, that one mystery winger spots going to allow for some flexibility to get uh, some kids in there mm-hmm. and get them playing. They'll probably play with William Carlson, which is about as good a spot as you can put a young yeah. player. So just a couple thoughts on the year and uh, glad that the broadcast deal got done. So it's easy to find the nights on TV and radio with familiar voices. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just see what you all think about the, maybe a lineup that just had a little more flexibility last year. We, we should have done that with Phil Kessel. I, I kind of get the relationship that mm-hmm. he played every game to the end of the season, and then we only saw him once in the playoffs. But you could have argued last year that could have been a spot if he, him and Coach Cassidy might have been a little more flexible to say, did he have to play every game? The answer was probably no. Probably could have got somebody in there once in a while that got a little experience. So I'll see what you think. All right, great stuff, Terry. Thanks for the call. In, in terms of flexibility, I I think you're going to just have more of that this season for a number of different reasons. You've kind of highlighted it, right? There's a spot in the roster that's open. I don't know that that's going to be a spot that is is solidified by one player. It might be a committee type of situation. Um, in terms of you know finding pockets of rest for some of your defensemen, I think that that's an incredibly important aspect, especially with the shortened offseason for the Vegas Golden Knights. So assuming this team wins games coming out, uh, going into the regular season, assuming that they've got you know a fairly good handle on where they're at in their division, trending toward the playoffs, I think you're going to see maybe a little bit more of that. Um, but ultimately, this is an organization that wants to win every single time they touch the ice. It's an organization that wants to win conference championships and division championships, and ultimately Stanley Cup championships. So it's hard to kind of ask those players to tile it back or take a step back because ultimately what they want to do is win. So uh, great stuff, Terry. Really appreciate it. Let's go back out to the phone lines and bring in Charlie. Charlie, how you doing? Charlie, are you there? 
Charlie's not there. His phone cut out twice, though. Oh boy, Diane, Diane you're yes. on. You're on with us. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. You know, I've never called into any show before, and oh. I've been listening to you guys since last year. I'm a huge hockey fan. I'm older than dirt, so I'm born New York Ranger. Okay. Vegas Knights are my heart, mm-hmm. and I never want to listen to one of the uh, national announcers tell me again that the only reason we won was because Matthew Kachuk got hurt and, and, and poor Dreisaitl and every group from the Jets on. Yeah. We shouldn't have won because they had injuries and they have no clue. I mean, even it's like they're against us. If I'm going to pick on anything, it's because, God forbid, the Golden Knights actually won and mm-hmm. we just killed them, which was the best thing. In the summer, mm-hmm. Prime TV runs um, the NHL channel. And over and over and over again, I got to watch every single um, and listen to at work <clears throat> every single part of the playoffs, just the highlights and, you know, night scoring all over the place, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Teams must be a group. Yeah. And this group is what made it happen. Not one star or two stars or a great goalie who fell apart in the playoffs. So, Diane, beautiful. Love it. Um, the energy was is fantastic. Please do me a favor. Call in again. Sure. Call in again. I will. Okay. Now that I finally have the phone number in my phone, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Great stuff, Dan. Diane. Um, beautiful first-time call. By the way, bringing the energy, talking a little bit of smack. I love it. Beautiful stuff. Thanks so much for everybody calling in. Joining us here in segment number one of the VGK Insider Show. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Nick Raboni, associate head coach of the UNLV Skate and Rebel Hockey Team. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling along here on a Monday afternoon. It's Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, VGK Insider Show. I'm really excited about our next guest. We've got Nick Raboni, associate head coach of the UNLV Skate and Rebel hockey team. Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, buddy. So I, I I should have had you on last week, and, and things were a little bit crazy. Or is our first week back, all that. But you had a big event over the course of the weekend. You had the Scarlet and Gray game how did all of that pan out at City National Arena? Uh, it was incredible. Um, so, you know, generally what we do this time of year is we do what's called Giving Day. So um, we're looking for, you know, the community support, friends, family, former coaches from our players, um, and we get together and, and we make a ton of phone calls and texts on Giving Day and asking for anything anybody's willing to donate. And so... Um, we generally do that, and then the next day or the day after, we'll do our Scarlet and Gray game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time, we decided to do it all in one day. So we headed down to the eSports Arena, and we had our giving day down there, which people can still donate to, by the way, at giving.rebels.hockey.com. Uh, but at the same time, we did that. The boys had a great time there. We, uh, we, we headed over, grabbed lunch together, and then we moved over <clears throat> to the Scarlet and Gray game. And um, we also did a, a meet and greet with the team. Um, so any youth hockey or, or any, any kids that wanted to stop by and get a free mini hockey stick signed, we were pro- providing those for an hour beforehand. Mm-hmm. We did our booster bash with our season ticket holders and big donors as well up top at McKenzie River. And then 
you know, we probably had three or 400 people turn out for, for an inter-squad game. It's the largest crowd we've ever had. So all in all, it was an incredible day, and uh, can't thank the, uh, the community and our fans enough for all their support. Yeah, that's phenomenal stuff. How, how, many, how many mini sticks did you guys give away? All of them, and we had 250, so okay. they're, they're gone. So, so <laughs> until the next, uh, until the home opener, we'll, we'll restock. All right, fantastic. So, I, I told the story last week about you know just kind of breaking things as I grew up playing mini sticks with my friends. Like, my teammates would come over, we had this little electric piano, and we would play mini sticks in my, in my living room, and we would just break things. Uh, did, did you have kind of a similar experience with mini sticks growing up? Oh, yeah. I mean, on, on every hockey trip we went on growing up, I mean, if you didn't get security called on you at least once, you weren't doing it right. Um, so that was generally how it worked out on all the trips that I was on. All right. So, like, when we, we start to kind of look ahead, right, to, to UNLV hockey and, and this season, what are some of the games that, you know, you are kind of highlighting in your mind as really excitable games for you, games that you want, you know, the general public, the, the community, the, the, the people that support the program to know about? Well, October is going to be a big month for us. So we're actually going to play three home series in a row starting October 13th and 14th at GCU. Um, so the home openers is, is always a great one. I mean, um, everybody's excited and ready for hockey to be back. And the Golden Knights aren't quite back on the ice. The same with the Silver Knights. So I think that we're, we're one of the, uh, the bigger things uh, in the terms of the hockey world in Las Vegas that are going on. So I would say October 13th and 14th, our home opener is great. And then we'll, uh, we'll follow that up playing um, – two more home games at the University of Utah and the University of Arizona. So the whole month of October, you'll be able to catch us at City National Arena, 13th and 14th, and then the two following weekends as well. Um, I think those are all going to be great series. And then, you know, we go to, uh, to Chicago as well to, to uh, defend our title as the Chicago Classic Champions. So we're, we're excited for that one too. So we'll play, uh, I think we're going to play three of the top um, eight teams at that event as well. Um, and then moving into the new year, I would say uh, um, we have two great home series. First, uh, the defending national champions in Minot State in January at City National. And then we'll play um, the, uh, the two, two or three times defending champion in uh, Central Oklahoma. So um, 20 home games this year. Can't, can't beat that. A lot of hockey. And uh, we're excited to be back. Yeah, hey, Nick, we hear a lot from the UNLV women's basketball team about how important the relationship they have with the Aces is. You guys have a great relationship with the Golden Knights, but I'm just wondering, has them winning a Stanley Cup and the relationship that you have with them, has that helped you in recruiting? Oh, definitely. I think our recruiting class is, uh, is one of our best yet, even though it's really small. I mean, we only brought in five new faces this year, but they were the right guys, and we had a lot of options to choose from this year. Um, but, you know, we're bringing back a team that's won, you know, 56 games in the last two years and only lost eight. So when you look at the depth that we have and the returners we have coming back and then you add in our, some of our, uh, our new and incoming freshmen and, and transfers, um, it's an exciting time for us. And no doubt the Golden Knights have played a big role in that. So highlight uh, just some of the new recruits, some of the, the new faces that uh, fans of UNLV Rebel Hockey will be seeing on the ice this year. Yeah, one in particular I would say would be uh, one of our hometown players, Heath Men. She actually grew up in the in the Junior Vegas Golden Knights mm. system and uh, played for a, a lot of different coaches that I actually grew up playing for. So it's cool to kind of see um, that start to kind of trickle in, and I know we're going to get a whole lot more of that here in the future and getting guys to stay home and play for the Rebels. Uh, but Heath is a great kid. He's a, he's a prolific goal scorer, and he's found a, a way to put the puck in the net any any level he's played at. So. We're excited to have Heath, and then moving forward uh, into one of our other forwards, we have um, 
incoming freshman Tristan Rand from, from Anaheim Hills, California. Um, probably the fastest player we've ever had come through the program. So he's going to be fun to watch. The fans are going to like his energy and speed. And um, Two guys that, are, that are, we're really looking and, and put, a, put a lot of faith in this year. And then I would say on the back end, um, you know, moving forward, we have nine defensemen returning, but we brought in a, a transfer from from the defending champions in Minot State as well. So Nick Doyle will be uh, will be one of the anchors on the back end. So all three, all those three guys, uh, but you know, all of our freshmen coming in are going to play huge roles for us, and we expect big things out of them. You mentioned homegrown, right? In terms of Heath, right? And and for you, how rewarding is that to see? Because you know you've been a mainstay in terms of the hockey community here in in Las Vegas for forever. Like how rewarding is it for you to see some some players that have grown up inside the system now playing for UNLV? I love it. I mean, it makes our job as coaches that much easier too when we can we can really um pick guys from Vegas and, and watch them and um you know, see them grow up and develop and things like that and I think that you know, we love recruiting from the Midwest, right? And Minnesota and Michigan and all those places, but it's it's not going to be long before you know Las Vegas and Nevada in general becomes um, a hotbed for for guys to play college hockey. I mean, you saw it happen in California where we get a lot of guys from as well. So it's uh, it makes our job a whole lot easier, and it is really rewarding. I mean, we we want guys to want to play for UNLV, and they watch the games growing up. I mean, we had so many kids at the Scarlet and Gray game, and I'm hoping that um, you know several of those guys and. and Possibly girls one day. If we start a women's program, we'll, we'll be suiting up for the Rebels. So when you kind of approach a new season, how do you approach goals maybe for you as an associate coach, you for your players, and then overall kind of a big overarching goal for the program? How do you approach that? Well, coming out of COVID the first year, you know, we were a bit of a dark horse, and uh, we wound up having a great year. We went all the way to the, the Frozen Four in the ACHA Division One, mm-hmm. um, And then moving into last year, I think we became a dark horse. And then now all of a sudden we're, you know, we have a target on our back and we're top, you know, top 14. At one point we were ranked number one in the country. So, you know, you're getting everybody's best effort at that point. And there was always that talk of, you know, unfinished business, winning a national championship. And I think that that, um, I don't know, that weighs on guys at a certain extent when you're, you know, you're scared to lose and, you know, there's so much pressure to win. Where this year, we really want to focus on um, one shift at a time, one game at a time. As the old cliche goes, but we're not even mentioning winning a national championship. We're we're mentioning the the process and doing the little things right every single day. And we we feel that if we can do those things, then you know the end goal and, and the byproduct is going to be winning. Um, so that's probably the the change in philosophy we have as a coaching staff this year. Is we want to put the, our guys in the right position to be successful, but we want to have fun doing it. And I think that. Uh, when you're not focused on the wins all the time, that they'll come. Did did that come come about organically? Just kind of you talking with other coaches, or was that maybe some input that you got from players? A little bit of both. I mean, at the end of every year, we sit down and we have our exit meetings with with each player, and um, we'll have our exit meeting as a staff, and we'll reflect. And um, this is kind of what we came to as a conclusion after talking to coaches as well. And the Vegas Golden Knights are great. Like I've had several conversations with Ryan Craig and mm-hmm. um, some of those guys, and you know they're they're uh, really big pillars for us to lean on, which I love. And so I think it's a little bit of everything. The conversations you have with coaches, players, and internal reflection, and um, you know you always want to try and figure out how to take the next step. And if you're not learning, then you're you know you're still, and, and uh, we can't be like that as coaches. We always got to be looking um, looking at what's next. 
Yeah, I, I love I love the idea of just continually re refi refining the process, right? Like you you have to find what things work, and then when you when you're trying to kind of reach that next level and and scratch that surface of somewhere you maybe haven't been before, you you've got to maybe change a, a couple of things. So I'm I'm really interested to see how that translates on the ice. Speaking of on the ice, um, give us an idea of stylistically what Rebel Hockey is all about. Well, we have an identity that we're, we're calling this year our all-in identity. And the number one thing is, you know, obviously everybody wants to play hard, but we defend harder. We want to be, we want teams to be scared when they go down one nothing, realizing that it's so difficult to, to put the buck in the back of the net versus our goalies. And, and not even just, just literally we're so hard to play against. You know, we're quick to strike, we're on pucks hard. Um, you know, it's, it's a full 200-foot game. So that's always going to be number one for us. And then, Number two is we want to play fast. So, yeah, I mentioned quick to strike. So as, as soon as we um, gain possession of the puck, whether it's a turnover or a rebound, like we, we want to get to the net quickly. I think that we want to play a fast fast brand of hockey and, and utilize our speed, which we've had for, for many years now, and bringing in different guys that, that are extremely quick as well will help us. Um, and then the last thing being is uh, we call it ego is the enemy. So we, we really want to get rid of um, any selfish or retaliatory penalties. I mean, when it comes down to playoff hockey, it's, it really is the difference between winning and losing is, is you know, how you execute on, on the power play. And um, not taking penalties is, is uh, the best penalty kill unit you can ever have. So I think that for us, those three things are our brand of hockey. We're fast, we're, play hard, we're hard to play against, and we want to be disciplined. All right. Um, if, if you've got people listening right now, and, and I think that you're going to pique a lot of interest, uh, this, this city loves hockey, this city's ready to go all in, um, where can people find tickets to the games? Where can people kind of keep up with you guys on social media? And uh, what's the best course of action for fans that want to commit to Rebel Hockey this season? Yeah, so, I mean, you can get everything on our website at rebelhockey.com. Um, you can purchase your season tickets there, which we still have on sale. Um, you can buy individual game tickets as well. Um, and you can check out our roster, our coaching staff. We have we have everything from, from A to B there. And, uh, you know, we're actually going to be launching a new team store here shortly. So we're excited for that where people can pick up some merch. Uh, but everything at rebelhockey.com. And then as far as our social media goes, we're very active on, on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, at UNLV Rebel Hockey. So um, you guys can follow us there as well. Okay, so the team store is really intriguing to me because – I think you guys have the best jerseys in the game. Like I'm not even gonna lie, every jersey you guys throw out is is phenomenal. What what are how how do you always hit on your jerseys? Well, I got to give props to our, our graphic designer and Justin Lampre at Valiant Design. He does an incredible job of coming up with these um, all of these jersey concepts. You know, I just kind of give him an idea of uh, of something I've seen, and he runs with it. So, real big props to Justin. All right, great stuff, Nick. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on here. I know you're busy. Really appreciate the time you took today, and let's kind of check up over the course of the season. I really want to keep a, a, a close eye on what you and your hockey team, what you're able to do this season. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate it. All right, great stuff. That is Nick Raboni, associate head coach with the UNLV Skating Rebels hockey team. Go to their website, check out their schedule it's great stuff and hockey is almost back i can taste it i can see it i can smell it and you and i are really excited for it so great stuff there from nick raboni we're back with more on the vgk insider show right here on fox sports las vegas this is the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m i'm not gonna lie the conversations that chapman and i have when the mics aren't on 
might be some of my favorite conversations. I want to bring everybody into the fold. I asked Chapman because I haven't seen you. Right. Like we we talk over the course of summer, but my time in the summer, as your time is in the summer, it's very sacred, right? Like yeah. I'm spending a lot of time with my family. I'm really, really engaged in, in what I can do to be present for them. And frankly, I see enough of you over the course of 10 months. I don't need to see a ton of you over the course of two. <laughs> Fair enough. It's just what it is. Like, And you feel the same way about yeah. me. Now, having said all that's that, that's why Darren's away a little bit longer. Yeah, we, he the, can't stand us at all. Yeah, like he well, needs he needs at least an extra two weeks. Yeah, well, we need an extra two weeks. I think is probably. I mean, that's better. one way to frame it, but I was yeah. being nice. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't need to be nice. You, you don't. You don't want to be nice. <laughs> having said all that, I asked you what you did over the course of the summer, and you told me that you went and got an, a new dog, which is awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah, we got a puppy. And I said that's what you went into the hurricane for. You started telling me about spending time in Pasadena, all that. Then we started talking about where we went on our vacation, all of this. And I mentioned Newport Beach, and you looked at me with a grin that I've I've never seen before, <laughs> because you have a story about Newport and the pier. Yes. Well, mind you, I'm 44 years old. Okay. I was about 19 when this happened, so we're talking what 25 ish years ago. Okay. A long time ago. I jumped off the pier into the ocean. Why? Because I was young and stupid and someone dared me to do it. It was a dare? It was a dare. You jumped off of the pier into the ocean on a dare. Yes. Not, and I'm not talking like halfway. I'm talking the end of the pier. How did you survive that? It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought when I hit the water. Because mm-hmm. I, I somehow was able to go in feet first. Okay. I think had I... Turned around in any direction, landed on my back, yeah, my yeah. stomach. No, it been, it been I would have been slammed into yeah. one of the one of the, the 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 pillars that hold it up. Of course. About halfway down, uh-huh. first of all, it's like slow motion. Yeah, and it's terrifying. <laughs> yes. And about halfway down, it was when I realized this was not a good idea. Were were you the type of kid that never turned a dare down? Pretty much. Why? Well, because here's the thing. I grew up in a place called Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Okay. It's on the beach. Uh We have a canal that basically you can, long story short, I jumped off the bridge. Uh But the bridge was only like 10, 12 feet high. Sure. Just enough for small boats to get under. It's not the pier. No, no. That's why I was like, ah, oh, this is no big deal. And it's the ocean. Yeah. It's not a it's not a nice ocean it's, either. No, it's not the canal. No. So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? This is this is not I could do it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it's it's a little bit higher than 10, 12 feet. Yeah, you probably more like 30. I cannot believe the things that you did when you were young. Oh, Ryan, that's oh man, dude. There's there's a lot. The funny thing is, I would never jump out of an airplane. Why not? And I would never bungee jump. That's probably safer. It probably is. Oh, goodness. Less chance of dying jumping out of an airplane than jumping off the pier in Newport Beach. I, I really, I don't know what to do with you sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. Like, there's there's never been a dare. There's never been a person to come to me with a dare that has been so outlandish that I've looked at and said, you know what? I know that this isn't a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyway just to prove myself <laughs> in a dare. Come on, buddy. I w- it was, like, and, it I, was... and I realize I'm talking to 19-year-old Chapman right now, but like... At He's some not much point, different than 44-year-old Chapman. At some point, you're going to wake up and realize you just shouldn't do dares. Well, that was one where I realized very quickly that I shouldn't have done it. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad you're a quick learner. I wouldn't do it again. A lot of fun here on our, in hour number one of the VGK Insider Show. Rolling along with hour number two next.